Hey everyone, this is Michael J. Miller of MJM, and you're listening to Make a Scene Canada on Pacific Northwest Radio. Happy Tuesday, everyone. This is Sherelle Jardine, and this is Make a Scene Canada on Pacific Northwest Radio. I'm a proud Canadian sharing the songs and stories of our Canadian musicians. Make a Scene Canada is sponsored by Zed Productions. Zed Productions is a full-service production company offering the best studios and services to suit your project and budget. From producing to recording and mixing, contact Sheldon Zaharko at sheldonzaharko.com. There is a lot that goes into running this station and its podcasts, and while we bring it to you for free, we could use some support to keep running and growing. Any contributions, no matter how small, are appreciated. If you love the show and like to donate to Make a Scene Canada, please visit PacificNorthwestRadio.com and click on the top right where it says Contribute. Click on Become a Patron, and for as little as a dollar a month, you can become a supporter of the show and the station. As well, if you'd like to be an official sponsor or advertise with us, you'll find the information there as well. For more details on advertising, please contact PacificNorthwestRadio at gmail.com. If you miss a show, you can find it on demand, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, plus a whole array of sites, all waiting for you to discover. Find us on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Megascene Canada. We also have a group page, Megascene BC, where you can post your upcoming gigs, which at this time during the pandemic is mostly living room sessions, so please use this page to promote your performances. Give the station a like on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Pacific Northwest Radio. Big shout out to Nora Holtby from Gabba Productions for being a sponsor here at Make a Scene Canada. Gabba Productions has been hosting live music events since 2017. For more information, go to gabbaproductions.com. On tonight's show, I'd like to introduce you to a dear friend from my old hometown. Say hello to Michael J. Miller from MJM Band. You are a veteran rock metal artist and are the driving force of MJM Band with many accolades and recordings. So let's go back to the beginning so our listeners can get to know you. When did you discover that you had music in your blood? I think it was the first time I took acid. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was, I was probably in about grade eight. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was... Uh, listening to bands like Alice Cooper and uh, Grand Funk. Johnny Winter was always one of my favorite guitar players. And I really started to get into guitar. And uh, I think it was a lot of the the culture back then that um, made it appear to me that rock and roll was the way to go. So I took my um, instrument uh, seriously. Uh, Had a lot of positive influence from all my friends because they were always playing great rock and roll hard rock and roll, mostly, and um, always uh, noticed the guitars in the recordings and always wanted to play, like, everything I heard that was cool. So I spent most of my time learning the guitar. I did uh, take formal guitar lessons as a kid, uh, but then when I started to get into my teens, um, I noticed that just practicing and figuring it out myself was the way to go. Uh, trying to learn every riff that I heard on record and uh, just working on my chops and my speed. And uh, the other thing is that uh, I noticed very easily uh, uh, it came to me was 
getting inspirations that just came to my singing along in my mind. I would just hear these songs or riffs as I'm walking down the street. I could be walking at a certain beat or speed, and I'd start pumping out a bass riff or something in my head that went along with my footsteps. And by the time I got home, I'd have a song in my head. So um, I'd go to my guitar and I'd try to figure out what I imagined. Mm-hmm. And um, I started my songwriting career uh, very young. Um, I had my first band in my hometown playing my originals when I was 14 years old. That was a band uh, called Touch. We were I was in my hometown, Godrich, at that time. Yay, Godrich! Yeah, we <laughs> uh, managed to get high school gigs and... Uh, we were doing my original material as well as cover stuff. And uh, an interesting thing that happened uh, to get into uh, bars, I actually was trying to get in or going anyways to a local club um, underage. And uh, one night I walked in and uh, everybody started pointing at me. They're going, there, that guy, that guy. I'm thinking, God, what did I do? I looked and there's blood all over the place. Oh, God. Yeah, this is this is a bar you were in. It was the, the Duke, and uh, they're saying, "There, that guy, get that guy." And I'm thinking, "God, man, what, what, what?" And they grabbed me and, uh, and they took me up to the stage. And I noticed that there had been an accident on the stage, and uh, it was a, a band playing called Thundermug from uh, London, and they had a song on the radio at that point too called Africa. Anyways, what happened was the guitar player had a big tall glass of draft beer sitting on his amp and I guess he uh, hit a chord and did the big old Pete Townsend swing of his arm and he whacked that beer glass so hard that it smashed uh, he, he smashed it with his hand and it tore his hand open and glass and blood all over the place and he couldn't play so they uh, they needed a guitar player to help them finish their night it was a uh, the third night of their three-day sprint from a Thursday to a Saturday. Yeah, so Saturday night I walked in there and this happened and they wanted me to fill in the rest of the night. So had a band, tried to figure out what songs we might be able to play together. And other than that, I said, well, let's just jam anyways if, if we run out of tunes, right? So uh, they said, with confidence, let's do it, buddy. Thanks. And uh, I went up there and it was... Uh, it was cool. It was rock and roll, and people loved it, and I saved the night. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> and those guys remember me. I remember going to a Kiss concert a year later in London, and Thundermug were there, and they came up to me, and they said, how you doing, man? You really saved our night that night. And, uh, yeah, it was really cool. Wow, what a so, great uh, introduction to rock and roll. Yeah, it was. It really helped, uh, it really helped uh, kick my career in my hometown to, uh, you know, kickstart it, right? Yeah, I mean, there, yeah. there was lots of blood at the Duke. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and then you, you had Rapporteurs. Um, you also had a band called Adrenaline, and then MJM was born. That is correct, yes. Um, I came to Toronto, and um, it started... Uh, it, you know, what, what's funny, actually, is a fellow from Goddard who now lives in B.C., um, he's the, the one that encouraged me to come to Toronto and try to find a band because my band all ending high school and they were going to go off to college and university and that wasn't my plan. He said, now what are you going to do? He said, I think you should come to Toronto with me for a week and let's try and find 
a band, trying to meet some musicians. So we came to Toronto, and he showed me around, and we started checking notification boards in, like, Long McQuaid's and places like that, and gathered a list of contact, well, contacts, musicians, and made some calls, and I got into some auditions that week, and uh, actually I auditioned with some people that I still know today, to tell you the truth. And um, by the end of the week, I decided to move to Toronto, and I started Rapid Tears. And uh, we immediately were an original band. We weren't working on any cover music. We were working on my songs and um, developing an original act. Um, and that, uh, that was going pretty strong. And uh, we had a manager who, uh, who managed, believe it or not, uh, <laughs> a car show called The Hell Drivers. And it was like a smash-up derby. Awesome. So he managed, he managed The Hell Drivers and us. And he got us some shows uh, at the c and some other uh, higher-profile gigs, which were pretty cool. And uh, then we wound up getting teamed up with an agent that wanted to book us. And they said, well, you know, you should learn some cover music. We'll be able to book you a little easier. And we're, we're all reluctant and whatever. Mm-hmm. But we learned about 30 or 40 cover songs, and they started sending us all around Ontario and Quebec. And uh, I remember being in Montreal one night saying to the band, you know, this is going nowhere. Mm-hmm. These guys will keep us going from hell to kingdom coming back over and over again, making money off us playing yeah. cover music. I said, we got to get back there and make an album. And the whole band said, we agree. That's it. And then we were like far up in Quebec, getting close to Hudson Bay. <laughs> oh, and, uh, and I said, this is it, man. I want to go home. That's it. We let the agent know. We said, we said, don't book us. We're coming home. And we came home and found a record deal. And we put out our first uh, Rapid Tears album called Honestly uh, sometime after that. right? And uh, that went pretty good. Got lots of fan mail from all around the world. Got one letter from uh, some people in Canada. They said they wanted their money back. <laughs> oh, no. And, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, Sometimes uh, you're better off not playing in your own backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then uh, we released our, our second album, uh, Cry for Mercy, and uh, the radios kicked in on that pretty good. Actually, we had a song out uh, on Q107, and uh, it was doing really good. They had this competition uh, a weekly competition called uh, Q107 Rock Wars. And what they would do is uh, they would feature a new sing- two new singles starting on a Monday. And people would phone in and vote for which single they liked the most. And uh, so Monday happened. Uh, I can't remember who we were up against. I think it was Thin Lizzy. And uh, Rapid Tears won that, uh, the vote. So on we go to Tuesday up against a new single. I think it was 10CC and Rapid Tears won again. Wow. And, and then, let's see, Wednesday we went up, I think it was against uh, Streetheart and we won again. And then Thursday, can't remember who we went up against, but we won again. And then Friday, if you, if you win the five days in a row, you go into Q107 uh, Rock Wars Hall of Fame. But uh, so on Friday, we put our they put our single on, and then 
the next one that came up against us was uh, Van Halen, Pretty oh. Woman, and Van Halen won. Yeah. So <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> I know. So right. we we almost made it, but uh, yeah, defeated by Van Halen. Oh man. Cool. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, and then, and then uh, but the radio still continued to help us. We released our next album, oh, Cry for Mercy, as I was saying, and um, uh, had a lot of television coverage. The TVs, um, there was this show on, um, it was syndicated, a show made in Toronto. It was called, uh, um, it was before much music, it was called The New Music. And uh, they featured, featured us at some clubs and, uh, a larger uh, concert we did um, at the concert hall with uh, Exciter and um, put uh, some songs from that show on uh, the, the radio, uh, TV, and um, and that was uh, syndicated across Canada too. So that helped a lot with uh, getting our name out there. Awesome. That's that's yeah. quite a beginning. It really was. No kidding. Yeah. So, Adrenaline, um, you were signed with the German record label Long Island Records, and you released the album Dedicated, and it was distributed and sold in more than 30 countries around the world, which is crazy. Yeah, that went really well, too, um, for the time being. Um, it's just that, uh, you know, what goes on with a lot of rock organizations or bands is that you wind up with internal problems yes and uh, unfortunately um the band uh i had to, i quit my own band we were we, oh, we no. were making yeah we were making our second album uh second adrenaline album and uh we were in the studio working away uh, we already had to replace the singer and things were going nowhere with this new singer uh actually what happened was I was in there with him, and uh, after a few weeks, he said, you know, Mike, I, I'm just not comfortable when you're sitting here listening to me uh, all the time. I feel like I'm under a microscope. He said, do you mind not, not coming when I'm recording the vocal parts? I'm saying, well, this is weird, man. He's singing all my songs. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, Mark, sure. You go ahead. I won't show up for a few weeks. And uh, I left him to it. I left him for longer than I probably should have. And then I called the producer. I said, uh, okay, I, I want to hear what's been going on. So give me a copy of the songs. And I listened to them. And I just literally melted, sadly. Mm. I thought, oh, this is not the way my music should be represented. Uh, the guy was a great singer, but... Uh, we're a metal band, mm -hmm. and uh, and it, it sounded like I had a ballerina singing on top of like a you know uh, a monster truck. It's like, come on, give me a break. And I called the producer. I said, you know, this is not happening. I do not like what this guy did to the songs. And um, of course, it created all this controversy. And I said, you know, guys, I quit. That's it. And I decided to become my own singer and be in control of my music. And hence, 
MJM. MJM. Yay. Well, that's, I, I feel your pain. Definitely. It happens to a lot of people. It's better to be in control. And I mean, right away you had your first album Ascension and it was released on Tomato M Records. Um, and uh, Tom Adam was actually one of the producers on that with, I, I would imagine yourself. That's correct. Yes. Awesome. Um, you released Valley of the Kings and Black Eyed Susan as a video release. So um, what year was that? Um, I think uh, that was about 2010. Cool. And you also did an instrumental album, which always uh, is interesting to me because not a lot of bands do that. And that's your third album. And I just want to read something that Mark St. John said. It's one of the most enjoyable and soaring releases that has come his way. And it's a compilation of Sonic Ecstasy. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta love hearing that. I, I I appreciated his review. It was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, we put out that album um, as a, as a as a buffer and something to fill the void between Valley of the Kings and the new MJM Four. Mm-hmm. Um, what it was was uh, a collection of the guitar instrumental uh, songs from Ascension, Valley of the Kings, and a couple that were going on the new MJM four. So it was kind of like a collection, as I said, of of guitar stuff, plus two bonus tracks, which were introducing the new album that would be coming out. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Um, who currently is in the band? Uh, the band has been the same members, uh, since it, uh, started. It's, uh, Jolt Hensley on bass, He's from Hungary, and he's a super solid bass player. Great sound, great style, great guy. And uh, Tom Eakin is on the drums. And uh, I use a background singer to help uh, add those extra vocals live. Her name is Stephanie Dudas. And then there's myself, Michael J. Miller, on guitars and lead vocals. Cool. I also just read recently you were awarded Best Rock Song for the Compositions Woman from Venus and Black Eyed Susan by Academia Awards, um, Music Awards in Hollywood, and something huge, the 2020 Artist Vision Award. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, The year before that, I was actually uh, the winner of the Academia Executive Award, too, which that's their highest award of the year, same as their Vision Award. And uh, now I'm actually nominated for Artist of the Year coming up 2021, which is pretty cool because they're taking artists from all around the world uh-huh. and uh, placing them on their 150 different radios and um, gauging it all by the response they're getting back from the radios. Okay, and then you're officially invited to participate in the uh, 2021 gala. Are you going to be performing with the band? Um, it's it's hard to say uh, whether we'll whether that that'll be on their agenda or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd love to do it, sure. I'll but, send a message. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. What is That's... academia? Just curious. Academia is a. Uh, an organization 
from Hollywood that's put together by a bunch of uh, music industry um, officials or whatever you want to call them from from a variety of veins of the industry. And um, they take submissions um, from any artist um, of any genre. They have basically a category for every different genre of music. And each uh, artist is, is separated into whatever category they put their music in. And uh, there's an award each month for the best song in that category. So there'll be, say, 20, 30 categories, uh, and they'll review all the music. So they're probably pretty busy reviewing music. Um, And they'll pick the best single um, one for each category each month of the year. So... um, that's how it goes. Uh, in 2018, I think I won uh, five monthly awards off of Valley of the Kings. Wow. Uh, yeah. And now um, I'm hitting them with my uh, MJM4 stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that right now. So you are getting tons of European reviews right now. Um, you just released it in February of this year. So how many songs are on the album and what is the current single that you're pushing? There's nine songs on the album, and uh, we're pushing a song called Voodoo Doll, which there is a video on YouTube you can mm-hmm. watch, and it's, uh, it's got a, there's a lot of scary images in it. It's pretty Freak cool. Freak me out. Freak me out. Freak it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah. where did you record the album? Um, we did it in uh, my professional studio that I own. Okay, cool. Do you actually have other uh, artists come in? Are you, or is it just for yourself? Uh, it's t- completely for myself. Okay. Okay. Cool. I'm. I spend my life in my studio. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. where? Where is he now? Oh, he's in the studio. <laughs> yeah. So, are you working with a producer on the album, or just totally produce this one yourself? Um. Definitely used a producer. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, it's it's pretty hard. Uh, me, me being the, the songwriter and the one that executes all the guitars and vocals, other than uh, Stephanie uh, doing the backups, uh, it, it's hard to take things beyond my imagination. I mean, I, I try to use my imagination. To, uh, I push it to its max. But still, a producer comes along, or I shouldn't say comes along. My producer uh, and I have a great working relationship. And... Uh, Knowing how to work with a producer is is, is key. Uh, they're there to help, and uh, they're there to make the most out of your ideas. Uh, so uh, Tom, I found, uh, is really good at picking certain things at, at, or one little thing at a time and saying, well, how about this? It could be an arrangement change or it could be a, a vocal or a lyrical change. Um but he'll suggest it to me in a, in a polite way where I'm uh, able to um, digest his ideas. Now, I had to get better at this, too, at taking someone's ideas. Mm-hmm. At first, I was a little bit resistant. Uh, you know, it's like, it's my baby. Yep. What do you, what do you, what's wrong with it? It's not wrong with it. It's fine. <laughs> it <is. laughs> but um, now I, I realize uh, I have him here to help. So... Of course, I have to be open-minded to taking suggestions. So um, working with a producer, 
and allowing him to put in the time and uh, think about things. And uh, he does a lot of stuff. Uh, he's also like an incredible engineer too, which is, is a great thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, me, I'm kind of a, I'm a musician hack engineer. I turn things on, press record and go, and that's it, right? But he'll, everything I record, he usually makes me record over again. He sets things up better, setting the gear up to its uh, ideal uh, setup and uh, making sure he's got everything as good as possible so that it's uh, (laughs) acceptable on a world standard. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And you've been working with him for a long time. I have actually, yeah. How did you guys meet? Um, I met him uh, before uh, Rapid Tears had their first album. Um, a girl I was uh, dating. She was. Uh, she was her boyfriend. Her previous boyfriend was in the music industry, um, and uh, so she knew a lot of people, and. So she introduced me to the producer. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah. So he's he's a team member, basically. Yeah, right now, more than ever. I mean, back uh, during uh, Rapid Tears, he was a producer, but he was a young producer at that point. As, as we were young musicians, mm-hmm. uh, we were all learning, and I was a lot uh, more resistant to accepting ideas i kind of wanted to just go in and record the band as we were but uh, i learned how to work with a producer over the, the course of time yeah you have yeah. to kind of let go you, you take it you know that they know what they're talking about and you're like okay let's let's hear what you've got to say and and then you know i mean ultimately it is your choice if there's something that you absolutely don't like you can be like you know i kind of like my idea a little bit better but it's, yeah. it's good to have that team partner that knows all those uh you know ways to make you sound as good as you can that's that's right um so right now our, our arrangement um uh, copyright or uh writer's royalties are he, he's a team member you'll see most of the songs say um miller eakin uh hensley right? oh, okay cool yeah yeah that's that's awesome yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's kind of, uh, instead of a five-member writing team, it's me, the producer, and the, the bass player. Yeah, cool. You've got a lot of interest in Europe, and you have throughout your career. Are you guys going to be, I know right now with COVID-19, nobody's talking about touring, but is that something that you guys have in, in the back of your mind you want to get over there? Most certainly. We'd love to, yeah. Yeah, because I'm sure you have the support now that you could you know, set up a tour. So let, let's hope that we get through all this we have to get through in the next little while and can get back to normal. Yeah, it's definitely put the brakes on a lot of stuff. Um, but I, I, I'm sure things will get back to normal in some, at some point. Mm-hmm. I know that it, music is like stage four on everybody's radar, you know, before we can even think about doing any large shows. So, I mean, with, with the talk all about COVID-19 and, of course, the huge protests that are going on, what are you doing to keep busy without the ability to kind of, you know, play shows and stuff? I know you're in the studio, but is there anything else that you're getting ready to do another video? Um, I'm taking care of a lot of the loose ends in our, our social media. I'm having, uh, I'm rebuilding our website right now and, uh, making sure that all of our social media platforms are being, um, 
tightened up and uh so it's a lot of work believe it or not mm-hmm. the social media stuff i mean i'm really not a social media guy so i i have to hire people to handle this and that you know build a website or do the uh, the work on the different platforms and stuff um i do what i can or organize as much as i can and then farm it out mm-hmm. but uh, believe it or not it's a full-time job i i don't have an idle second ever to tell you the truth I'm always running around saying I've got a million things to do, and it's all musical. Yeah. You've had such a lengthy career. What advice can you give to other indie artists? My number one advice, and I'm going to share the words that were given to me by Tony Omi from Black Sabbath, because I had the pleasure of sitting down and drinking beer with him when they were in Toronto. And uh, I asked him that at an early point in my life and career, and I said, Tony, what's the number one thing you could give me as advice? He said, if you've got members that you think are a great band, he said, stick together. That's it. That's it. Stick together. And he's right about that because uh, when you lose a valuable member, it can kibosh the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Example, that happened with Rapid Tears. The singer out of frustration in the business and other things, uh, took off and moved to Sweden. And it kind of left us more or less screwed. And then the same thing happened with Adrenaline when we had to fire the singer and then get another guy. And that didn't work out. It's like, well, the identity of the band again has gone down the tubes. Mm -hmm. It's pretty hard to replace somebody when they have a uh, their own specific tone and sound and style. Uh, audiences just quite aren't quite open to accepting them. Uh, I mean, even like when Ronnie James Dio replaced Ozzy, you know, everyone were going, "Well, the Heaven and Hell album's great, but it's not Ozzy." You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that same sort of thing. So, um, so Tony makes sense to this day. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget his words. Awesome. Good. Thank you for sharing that. So how can people find the MJM band on social media and what's the best way to purchase your music? Um, You can find us, uh, purchase it on Amazon right now. Uh, I think that's probably the best way to get it. Um, Our other uh, store, who were selling it on CD Baby Store and they they shut their store down. Mm -hmm. So now... Um, Spotify do have a purchase um, window too that you can go through believe it or not Okay. Um, now as far as uh, just listening to our stuff uh, you can search us up on YouTube uh, MJM Michael J. Miller or Michael J. Miller Band those two okay awesome Uh, and you have lots of stuff on there I've, I've been perusing it yeah yeah that's great. And that page is, we're still uh, messing around with that page too. It's funny because uh, YouTube has a function where they uh, auto-populate some of your your material. And uh, it's funny, some videos here and there start, start disappearing and you get this static image up of, uh, of the album cover. And I'm looking at it going, what? we have a video here. Why is this there? There's, there's 24 views in this song. Meanwhile, there's 14,000 on the video. Mm-hmm. Why is this picture of the album there? <laughs> it's weird. I'm trying to get a hold of them right now to say, YouTube, come on. Like, 
what's going on with the, well, like Dogs of War. Yeah. Got that song there. There's 14,000 views on that song, and uh, and the one that just popped in there two weeks ago has 26 views. Is what? Ah. Yeah, I'm I'm furious. So yeah, trying to straighten that out with uh, YouTube, and uh, yeah, a number of videos in the instrumental album got uh, pulled down, and a picture of the album stuck up there. And I thought, where'd the videos go? So yeah. Jeez. Yeah, it's a bit of a battle. So I've been dealing with that and talking to lawyers and stuff. Good thing you can have this time <laughs> off. <laughs> you can do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's always something to keep me going. Now, what song are we going to play off the new album? And tell me the story behind the song. Uh, I think I'd love to hear the song Humanoid. Mm-hmm. Okay. And as you notice, uh, on uh, the front cover of the album is a kind of a scary looking skeleton type well alien Alien. all type of looking face uh, alien face a scary looking guy and uh, Humanoid is a song about um, what could be happening right now by some theories is that uh, aliens could be interbreeding with humans making a new race Mm. okay It's a song about a new race that's happening right before our eyes. And we we can't tell the difference between a humanoid and a real human because they take on the same appearance. But they have the other genes, the other qualities. So that's what that song takes your imagination into. Okay, well, I've listened to it, but now I'm going to listen to it with that in mind. Oh, okay. (laughs) Because <laughs> that phrase goes, humanoids from another place making for another race. Mm, okay. Uh-huh. Well, I know there's a lot of people that do believe that we are being invaded right now, so I'm sure the song is going to be a huge hit. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a heavy duty song. Mm-hmm. There's a number of songs on there that have that human uh, alien uh, concept. Uh, the other one, Could It Be? Light from Distant Stars. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's going to that whole side of things, too. Awesome. We'll have to do another show just on that topic alone. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for being on Make a Scene Canada, Michael J. Miller. Uh, it was super nice to catch up with you. And uh, please keep us updated on everything that's happening with your band in the next little while. Sherelle, it's been a pleasure doing this show. Make a Scene Canada. Awesome. Thanks very much. Awesome. Thank you.
And that's tonight's show, but I will be back next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for another episode of Magazine Canada on Pacific Northwest Radio to bring you more Canadian musicians and their music. Leave the station on 24-7. It's music online all the time. You can find your favorite programs at pacificnorthwestradio.com. And if you miss a show, go to our website and click On Demand. And you can subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, plus a whole array of sites. All there waiting for you. Big shout out to my make-a-scene sponsor, Sheldon Zaharko from Zed Productions. All you rock stars ready to record your new album or single, check out Zed Productions at sheldonzaharko.com. The music that you're listening to right now is from my band, Head. Record it with Sheldon. You can find more Head at headmusic.ca, and you can hear my softer side, Stone Poets, at stonepoets.ca. Also, check out all my social media links and projects at sherelgerardine.ca. Please get in touch. I love hearing from you. Now take a few minutes out of your day and share the artists from the show. Share Magazine Canada and Pacific Northwest Radio on social media. And at this time, I usually say get out and enjoy live music. But with COVID-19 still having a hold on us, I say stay home and take this time to discover new music. If you see an artist playing live on social media, and if you have the means and can send a few dollars their way, please do so. Share their videos, buy their music. We are all in this together. Stay home, stay safe, and let music soothe you whether you're writing, performing, or listening. I have a feeling once this pandemic is over and we can actually play live again, the venues are going to be jam-packed. We've taken music for granted for far too long. If you want to keep music alive in Canada, please check out CanadianMusiciansCoalition.ca. I'm one of the directors, and we have a proposal to create a sustainable living wage for professional Canadian musicians for music creation and performances for the public to enjoy. Please sign our petition, and you can find all the information on our website, once again, CanadianMusiciansCoalition.ca. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you again next Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, for another episode of Magazine Canada, right here on Pacific Northwest Radio.